Hey, Lakeview Church, this is Pastor Andy, and I'm trying something a little different today. I'm doing a podcast episode as a follow-up to the sermon topic from Sunday. You know, the reality is when you preach, uh, you're studying, and you learn a whole lot more than what you have time to share on a Sunday morning. And so I thought it'd be interesting to try digging a little bit more deeply into the topic of healing, especially the question of why do some people not experience healing today? Um, Since I didn't have time to really get into that question in the sermon on Sunday, I thought I would try it this way. As we get into this conversation, I want to share a resource with you, and that is a book called A Simple Guide to Experience Miracles by J.P. Moreland. Uh, Dr. J.P. Moreland is um, a professor at Talbot Theological Seminary uh, and a conservative biblical scholar. Uh, He's a great guy, and I highly recommend this book. It's a very easy read. Um, And it's just, it will kind of walk you through what miracles are, um, why a lot of people don't experience miracles today, how we can kind of change our perspective and uh, grow in our understanding and our sensitivity and awareness of the miracles that God is doing all around us. Um, Because God is working miracles today. A little bit about J.P. Moreland's story. Uh, He was a professor uh, and was doing lectures and teaching at the School of Theology there and generally did not believe that God still did miraculous things today. He was of the persuasion that miracles were part of the biblical era, but they kind of died out throughout the course of history and um, God had really ceased working in that way today. And he tells the story in the book of when his perspective changed. He had um, a speaking engagement, but he had come down with laryngitis and could not speak, had no voice and was going to have to cancel his speaking engagement. Um, And then one of the elders of his church prayed for him. And while he was being prayed for, he felt this heat flowing over his uh, throat and uh, through his chest from the elder's hand. And within a few minutes, he was completely and fully healed. His laryngitis was completely gone. He had no pain in his speaking voice, and he's never had that uh, ailment again. So he was miraculously healed. And, of course, that kind of changed his perspective on whether or not God still heals today. Uh, God does heal today, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of reports uh, all over the place of God's miraculous intervention. The question is, if God does still heal today, why do some people who come to God in faith not receive healing? Uh, That's a difficult question. It's one that all of us wrestle with at various points in time. Uh, And so I want to address that question really quickly by walking through kind of five uh, other questions. Why do we get sick? Why would God even bother to heal sick people? How does God provide healing? Why are some people uh, not healed when they pray? And that's the big question. And then finally, I'll close with how can we grow in our faith and expectation? Uh, so let's just walk through those real quick. First of all, why do we get sick? Uh, that's, that's, we have to understand uh, what that is. And Romans 5.12 really gives us a good, uh, a good summary of that. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. See, the only reason that sickness and death even exist in the world is because of sin. So we see, why do we get sick? Well, it's because of sin. Sin is the source. But that doesn't necessarily mean that sin is the direct cause of all sickness. It is the source of all sickness. It's not necessarily the direct cause. So let's talk a little bit about some of the causes of sickness. 
first of all, we talked about this uh, in, in the sermon Sunday. We live in a fallen, polluted world, a world that's polluted by sin. Um, and just in that fallen world, things happen, like our bodies age, our cells break down. There are sicknesses and diseases that just happen in the world. We get older, we get weaker, and eventually we will die because we live in a world that is broken by sin. And we await the return of Christ uh, when he fixes all that and destroys death forever and resurrects all who have followed him uh, to eternal life. And then there will be no sickness. But one of the reasons why we get sick today is, is simply because we live in a fallen world and our bodies are limited and finite and we don't live forever, so we get sick. Um, another cause of sickness is our unhealthy lifestyles. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that, that we do, especially as, as Americans, that contribute to a general lack of health in our society. Um, for example, not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, not uh, exercising regularly. Uh, all of these things contribute to an unhealthy uh, lifestyle that is part of making us sick. Uh, another reason why we get sick is because of sin. Sin is the source. It's not always the direct cause, but sometimes sin does directly affect our physical health. If you think of sins like gluttony, drunkenness, sexual immorality, or sloth, uh, these are all sins mentioned in the Bible, and all of those sins directly impact our physical health and can make us sick. So sometimes we're sick and we can't point to any specific sin. Sometimes we're sick and we can say, yep, I have that sickness because I did this sin. Um, and so sometimes sin does directly affect our physical health. And, and finally, we've, we see um, in many cases in the New Testament especially that demonic attack can sometimes take the form of sickness. Um, I think of in Mark chapter 9 when uh, Jesus healed a little boy that had demonic attack and the symptoms that he had looked very much like epilepsy. Now, I'm not saying that all epilepsy is demonic. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that sometimes demonic attack can mimic uh, physical sicknesses or cause physical sicknesses. So these are some causes of sicknesses. Uh, the next question is, why would God even bother to heal sick people in the first place? Uh, and I think there are two uh, really simple answers to this. One, God heals the sick because he's expressing his love and meeting their real needs. Um, God loves us. He loves to meet our needs, and that means sometimes he heals the sick. Um, another reason why God heals sick people is to provide signs and wonders that testify that he is the true God. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about that in the New Testament, and you see that a lot. Uh, I think that's one reason why we see tend to see miracles and healings more often um, on the mission field, because those miraculous healings provide signs and wonders that point to the truth uh, that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, so those are some reasons why God would heal sick people. Let's talk about how this healing occurs. What are the different ways that God heals sick people? Um, in the sermon Sunday, I talked about the name of God, Yahweh Rophe, or Jehovah Rapha. Um, and that's, that name reveals simply a couple of ways why or how God heals sick people. Um, one, he provides healing by purifying the source of our lives from sin. Um, and he also provides a healthier way to live. That's what, that's what we talked about in the sermon. He deals with the source of the problem, sin, and then he shows us a healthier way to live. 
It's really interesting. I wanted to get into this Sunday, but I didn't have time. Um, an example of this in the Old Testament is found in Leviticus chapter 15. You know, there are a lot of weird laws that God gave the Israelites in Leviticus. And one of them is in Leviticus 15, where he's talking throughout the entire chapter about when somebody is sick, how do you interact with them? And over and over and over again, the Lord instructs the people to wash their hands, uh, to bathe, to uh, wash the clothes that the sick person wore, to wash their garments, to just over and over, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands before and after you come into contact with a sick person. Now, that would not have made any sense at all to the Israelites. 3,000 years ago, over 3,000 years ago, they had no idea of what germs were. They didn't know germ theory. Um, we read that, and we might not, it might not even occur to us that that's anything spectacular, uh, because it's just totally normal for us to wash our hands when we're sick. Um, but it's interesting that it wasn't until the 1890s, which is not all that long ago, less than 200 years ago, that doctors started washing their hands before performing surgeries. And they noticed when we wash our hands before we do surgery, our patients recover better, there's less in, uh, post-op infections, less people die, uh, and they started realizing that maybe washing our hands is a good idea. Right? Well, if they just bothered to read Leviticus 15, God told the Israelites 3,400 years earlier, hey, wash your hands when you're sick and when you come into contact with sick people. Didn't make sense to them then. We look back and see the reason and logic behind it now. Right? So God, our Yahweh Rophe, provides a healthier way to live. That's one of the ways that he provides healing is sort of preventative maintenance. Um, live this better way and you'll have a, a healthier life. God also provides healing through the loving care of the church, um, you know, through people encouraging one another, uh, walking alongside each other through the difficult seasons. That's especially valuable in mental and emotional healing, but it can, it can provide physical healing too. Um, God provides healing uh, through creating our bodies with a, a spectacular ability to heal themselves. Um, God's wired our bodies in such a way that we, they do uh, tend to heal themselves of a lot of sicknesses. Um, that comes from God. It's a grace that he's given us. God's also provided for us, especially us in the United States, scientific and medical advancements that bring healing to all sorts of diseases and sicknesses. Um, I fully believe that if it were not for the grace of God, we would not have the medical knowledge that we have today. So going to the doctor isn't a sign of lacking faith in God. It's a sign of taking advantage of the knowledge and the wisdom that God has given to us. Um, and we can be healed from all kinds of things through medical intervention. Sometimes God directly intervenes in a situation and heals somebody in what we would describe as a miracle. Um, like he did with the author of uh, the book, J.P. Moreland, um, in healing his laryngitis, right? Like he did with the woman that I saw her, her um, broken leg get healed, right? That was a direct intervention, a miracle in which somebody was healed, and God does do that sometimes. Um, and finally, we know that everyone who follows Jesus will experience complete and full healing in the resurrection. When Christ returns, we will be raised there will be no sicknesses, there will be no uh, cancers, no heart diseases, there will be none of that. We will be fully and completely and totally healed. Um, 
So God provides healing in a lot of ways, not just through direct miraculous intervention. He provides healing in all sorts of ways. And we need to, we need to give credit to God when healing comes, whether that's through the care and treatment of a doctor, whether that's through the encouragement and prayers of our church family, whether that's through a direct and miraculous intervention. Um, we need to trust and thank God uh, for that. Uh, here's the next question. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about specifically about miraculous healing, direct miraculous healing. Why do some people not receive it? When they pray, they come to God in faith, and they are not directly and miraculously healed. Why does that happen? Um, in the book, J.P. Moreland gives 14 reasons. I'm not going to give all of those in this podcast. You can read the book and find out more. Um, I'm just going to pull a few of his reasons and add a couple of my own. Um, so for, for one thing, some people are not healed because there is a lack of faith or expectation. Uh, you know, it, it's hard. This is a hard truth. Uh, but you read in the Bible... Matthew 16 is, is one chapter where uh, it's Jesus goes back to Nazareth and he can't do very many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, I am not saying that every time somebody doesn't get healed, it's because they lack faith. That's not how it works. But sometimes and in some way, our faith does matter. Whether we expect to be healed or whether we believe that God heals or whether we have the faith or whatever it is, in some capacity and in some way and sometimes, our faith makes a difference. I can't explain exactly how. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how. It's just clear that it does. And so we know that lacking faith or lacking the expectation can sometimes keep people from receiving healing. Why would people lack that faith or lack that expectation? Oftentimes, it's because they, they grew up in or belong to a church tradition that is spiritually dead or lukewarm or overly skeptical about God's miraculous movement in the world today. A lot of churches teach things that, you know, God doesn't really do that anymore. Um, that doesn't really happen anymore. Um, and so people kind of grow up not really expecting God to heal. Um, and so sometimes that lack of faith or expectation can hinder the healing. And in a, a few minutes, we'll talk about how to grow or increase in our faith and expectation. Another reason why some people aren't healed when they pray for it is because God is using the problem for redemptive suffering. God might be have a bigger picture in mind with whatever the sickness is. He might... Um, need you to go through that sickness so that somebody else in your life, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, uh, a medical care provider, can watch how you suffer in a way that brings glory to God. And God might use your suffering to increase and encourage the faith of someone else. Um, when we suffer well for Christ, that is a powerful witness for the truth of the gospel. And so God might, uh, God might entrust that suffering to you. I know when um, when my wife Corinne was sick with long COVID and really suffering as a result of that about a year ago, um, we prayed and prayed and prayed for her to be healed, and, and she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't directly, miraculously healed immediately. Um, but I remember one pastor was praying with me, and he said, I believe that God wants you to know that he has entrusted Corinne 
with this suffering. He trusts her enough to carry this burden. Um, and that was, re- that was powerfully encouraging. And so sickness is not easy. Suffering is not pleasant. But sometimes God uses that suffering for a redemptive purpose. And he doesn't heal it because he wants that redemption to happen, whether it's for you or for somebody else. He wants the benefit from that. So he may not heal when we ask him to. A third reason why some people are not healed is that there is unconfessed sin connected to that sickness. Um, Remember, sin is the source of all sickness. It's not always the direct cause of sickness, but sometimes sin does directly impact our health. Um, By the way, I need to make a correction from the sermon yesterday. Um, When I was talking about how sin is the source but not always the direct cause, I I told the story of how Jesus um, met a blind man. And the disciples said, is he blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus said, neither one. And I said that that was found in Luke chapter 12. It's actually John chapter 9. So, uh, correction, John chapter 9. Sin is always the source, but it's not always the direct cause. However, sometimes sin does directly cause sickness. And if we have unconfessed sin in our lives, that might be hindering our healing. And we might need to confess that sin uh, and repent and turn away from it so that we can receive healing. Uh, A fourth reason why uh, people may not be healed when they pray is that there's a refusal to seek medical help. Maybe we're expecting God to work in only one way. We're putting God in a box. I'm praying for my healing, and I am uh, expecting God to do it through direct miraculous intervention. And I'm not going to go to the doctor because that would be lacking faith in God. Um, And God might be saying, no, I'm going to heal you through the doctor. Maybe he wants you to have conversation with the doctor. Maybe he wants you to meet somebody in the waiting room. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but maybe he says, I have provided healing for you. It's, it's at your local clinic. It's with your, lo- your, your primary health care provider. That's the method that I'm using to heal you. And if we refuse to go get that, uh, we're not going to receive healing. This reminds me of uh, a little joke. Sometimes I've, I think I heard a pastor actually tell it. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a, a place like in Florida or somewhere, and there was a hurricane coming in. There were massive floods, and, um, and the, they said, evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. And this person said, no, I'm not going to evacuate. Uh, I'll trust that God's going to rescue me. So the floods come, and the person goes up on their roof, and they pray, and, um, and a, a you know, helicopter comes to rescue the person. And he says, no, I don't need you. I'm trusting that God's going to rescue me. And then a boat comes to rescue the person. They say, nope, I don't need you. I'm trusting that God's going to heal me. God's going to save me. Um, And then the floods rise higher and the person drowns. And he goes to heaven and he says to God, why did you not rescue me? I prayed, I trusted you. And God says, well, I sent you an evacuation order. I sent you a helicopter and I sent you a boat. Why did you not leave? (laughs) Sometimes that's how it is with, with healing. We're praying for healing but we refuse to take the medicine. We refuse to go to the doctor. And we say, God, why are you not healing us? He says, oh, I am. I gave you medicine. I gave you a doctor. A fifth reason why uh, some people aren't healed is that um, healing doesn't typically violate natural health practices, uh, right? So our, our decisions have consequences. Our unhealthy lifestyle has unhealthy consequences. Um, if I sit on the couch and eat chips all day, every day, and that's all I do, and then I have heart disease, I 
God may not heal me of that heart disease, especially if I'm not willing to change my unhealthy lifestyle. I'm just going to go back to eating fried chicken and potato chips. Um, well, you know, that's not necessarily always the, how God works. He wants to heal the source, not just the symptoms, right? And so um, sometimes people aren't healed because we're living an unhealthy lifestyle and we're not, we're not interested in changing that. Um, another reason why people aren't healed is that the timing might not be right. God's answer might not be no. It might be not now. So keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep asking. Um, a seventh reason why is that there could be demonic interference. We know that some sicknesses are caused by demonic attack, and so there might be demonic interference in our prayers. There's a really um, fascinating story in Daniel chapter 10 uh, where Daniel's praying, and it takes a couple of weeks for the answer to come from the Lord. He sees, he sees an angel, and the angel says, hey, I'm sorry that uh, I was delayed a few weeks. I got attacked by a demon, and I had to fight my way through. And man, that seems really odd to us in modern-day America, but it's in the Bible. It happens. So keep praying. And if, if we think that um, if we're praying for somebody and they're not healed, it might not be a bad idea to pray and uh, cast out any demonic spirits that may be interfering with that process. We don't know if that's always the case or if there are even demonic spirits present uh, in that situation, but it doesn't hurt to try. Um, last reason that I want to highlight, and there are more in the book uh, that J.P. Moreland has, but the last one for this podcast, uh, why some people don't receive healing. And this is the hardest one. Sometimes we just don't know. Some things just remain a divine mystery. We come and we ask for we ask for healing. We have the right kind of faith. We've confessed our sin. Uh, we've kicked any demons out of our lives. We're open to receiving medical treatment. You know, we're we're doing all the right things, and we still aren't healed. And we just don't understand why. Sometimes it we we just don't know. Um, but we trust that God is good. We don't know always why God doesn't heal, but we do know always that God is good, right? And so I want to correct a wrong idea uh, that I, I run into a lot uh, when it comes to faith. Faith isn't believing that God can. It's knowing that God will. Well, that's, that's the wrong idea. That's the wrong idea. Because sometimes God's will is not to heal us. And we don't understand why. We know that, that we will eventually be healed in the resurrection. Uh, and, and so 100% of the time, it is God's will to heal, but it might not come for everybody until Christ returns. So we can't say faith isn't believing that God can, it's knowing that God will. No, that's not the right, that's not the right uh, definition. The better idea is this. Faith is knowing that God can and trusting that what he does is right even if it's not what we want. See, real faith is not forcing myself to believe that something is true even though I have no logical reason for it. Real faith is trusting whatever God's decision is, even if it's not the decision that I want, even if it's not what I asked for, right? Faith is knowing that he can and trusting that whatever he does is right, even when it's not what we want. I think one of the biggest challenges for Christians, and I, I certainly 
struggle with this a lot, is living in the tension between knowing that God is powerful and can perform a miracle and trusting that God is good even if he chooses not to. And that's difficult. Uh, That brings me to the close. How do we have that kind of faith? How can we grow in our faith and expectation? Um, You know, one of the reasons why we don't sometimes experience miracles is because we lack faith and expectation. So how do we increase in our faith? Well, the first thing is this. You can't manufacture faith. You can't produce it. I can't force myself to believe harder. That's not how it works. Uh, you, You can ask God. That You have to come to God and ask him. Mark chapter 9, Jesus heals a, a kid, um, and he, he's talking to the boy's dad, and, he, and the boy's dad says this remarkable thing. He says to Jesus, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Boy, that is powerful. You can't create faith in yourself. You can't manufacture faith. You have to come to God and pray that, that dad's prayer, help my unbelief. And that is a prayer that God will answer. Maybe not right exactly away, but it will take some time, but he will answer that prayer. Um, Another way that you can grow in your faith and expectation, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing, right? So uh, if we never hear stories of God's miracles and miraculous interventions in the world today, then we're not going to have a lot of expectation for it. So if we want to grow our faith, we need to increase our exposure to credible, miraculous healing stories and to other stories of of God's supernatural work in the world today. And you can start doing that just by reading the Bible. Read through the Gospels and the book of Acts. They are full of miracle stories, right? And then look for other resources. I want to share a couple of them with you. Uh, One is the Jesus Film Project. Uh, They're a missionary organization um, they send out a, an email newsletter uh, once or twice a month, and those newsletters are usually stock full of miracle stories, healings, supernatural interventions um, that missionaries are encountering on the mission field all around the world, hundreds of them, right? So start reading those, um, the Jesus Film Project. Uh, go subscribe to their newsletter. It's a great place to start. Another one, if you like to listen to podcasts, is the Compelled Podcast. Um, that's a podcast that just has some of the most fantastic uh, Christian testimonies that I've ever heard. They're not all salvation stories, but they're, some of them are. There's, there are healing stories. There are miracle stories. There's ju- they're just incredible, incredible stories um, that will greatly encourage you in your faith and your walk with Christ. And the more that you hear those kinds of stories, the more that your faith and expectation will grow because faith comes by hearing. Uh, Third one, last one, how do we grow in our faith and expectation? We need to be willing to pray for people to be healed and willing to take risks and ask God big, scary asks, right? If we never go out and pray for people to be healed because we're skeptical or scared, well, then we will never see God's healing. If we want to see it, we have to go out and do it. We have to be willing to take a risk. Um, there's a quote that J.P. Moreland shares from um, a colleague of his name, Jack Deere. And, it, and here's the quote. I'll just read it for you. We'll close with this. If you haven't seen any truly miraculous healings, ask yourself how often you pray for these things. 
When I ask you how often you pray for miraculous healings, I am asking, how often do you go into a hospital room and pray for the sick and suffering to be miraculously healed? How often do you lay your hands on the sick in your church and pray for them? Most of the people I talk with who have never seen a miracle are people by and large who never take the trouble to go and lay their hands on the sick in believing prayer. Conversely, I have yet to find anyone who regularly lays hands on the sick in believing prayer who doesn't at least see some miraculous healings. That is profound. (laughs) If you regularly do this, consistently and regularly do this, you will at least see some miraculous healings. Uh, if you never do it, you won't see any of it. It's, it's Michael Jordan's quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So if you want to grow in your faith and expectation, if you want to see more miracles, you've got to step out in faith, take a risk, and be willing to lay your hands on the sick and pray for them. And if you do that regularly and consistently, I fully and completely believe that you will see at least some miraculous healings. I have. And I know others have as well. All right, I think that about wraps this up. Um, You know, if you enjoy going a little deeper than what we can on Sunday mornings, um, and you enjoy, you know, this podcast, maybe maybe we could get Jesse and I, or uh, Stephanie and Joe and Jesse and I, or some other people. uh, from the congregation in to have a more of a dialogue, an interview type thing. Um, I'd love to. I love this kind of stuff. Um, I'd love to do it. It takes a little bit of time, but if it's beneficial and and uh, in your faith and encouraging to you, and you enjoy it and would like to do that, let me know. Um, we'll do this if it's helpful. We won't waste our time if it's not. But in the meantime, God bless you. I am uh, glad to be a pastor at Lakeview Church. I love my church family. I'm praying that God will bring uh, miraculous healings in abundance to Lakeview. Uh, God bless you and have a great week.